0: Behind the Screens takes you beyond the code and into the open source community, with short interviews from live events all over the world. Made possible by Lullabot, your number one source for strategy, design, and Drupal development for large-scale digital publishing. Find us on Twitter at Lullabot, or in your browser at Lullabot.com. Here at DrupalCon Seattle, in this episode, we're going behind the screens with Sean Dietrich, Senior Operations Architect for Canopy. Now, Canopy is based out
1: in the Bay Area, is that right? No, so Canopy is actually a fully distributed company based across all of North America, so U.S. and Canada, uh, with a good majority of our staff being in both countries. I see. So you are actually based in that area, is that correct? Yes, uh, Ah. based in, uh, so outside of the bay in kind of Sacramento, sunny, hot Sacramento, California.
0: Gotcha. Okay. I didn't realize Canopy was completely distributed like that. I imagine that gives everyone a little bit of uh, opportunity to get into different local uh, meetups, different local camps. And uh, I understand you helped to organize Bad Camp, which is one of the largest, if not the largest, community-run camp in North America. So what kind of a role do you play in that? And tell me about how how somebody organizes something that large from the community level.
1: Yeah, so Bad Camp is definitely a huge uh, undertaking it takes probably a good year in advance for us to really, and, and even longer than that because we have to make sure we can secure a venue um, we need to make sure we have uh, a good idea of what the next ve- what's going to happen the following year, so we're almost planning for two, uh, two events simultaneously because uh, we just have to really figure out like what that next place is going to look like Uh, Particularly, uh, my main focus uh, is I help run the, uh, you know, building the website. Uh, Every year, you know, Bad Camp has a wonderful uh, themed-out website with different new displays, different fun things. You know, last year we did uh, a circus theme. The year before that, we did a Summer of Love theme. Uh, And then previously to that, we did other things like um, a pirate uh, spaceship. We did a pirate ship. So we did many different themes. So uh, part of that is to... Uh, really, you know, re uh, make sure that's up and running. Make sure we have all of the, the proper information up there. Make sure uh, everything, like all the information, is available for people to start looking and reviewing and uh, and securing those dates so they can come out. I know that there were in
0: Drupal seven lots of dist- different distributions or primarily like the the COD distribution people were using to set up camp websites. How does that ecosystem look now in Drupal eight? Are you guys pioneering anything new or what? Are you still, is it a Drupal 8 website, I'd say, for BadCamp? Or are, are people still kind of tied into that Drupal 7
1: COD system for, for standing those sites up? Yeah, so we, as a group in BadCamp, like to try to be on the cutting edge. So We like to be the example for, not just for us or for other developers, we like to be uh, sort of an example for some of the other camps as well. What are we doing? Um, what are some of the things we're trying? What are some of the things we're spearheading? Uh, and, and really trying to make it so that it's an overall experience, good experience for not just the uh, the current developer, the one who's been doing it for five, 10, 15 years, but for new developers as well. So, what does that look like? Um, so, yes, we, we're in a, every year it varies based upon whatever the current platform is. So, right now it's a Drupal 8 site. Um, we are in the process of trying to talk and figure out what does that look like, uh, a distribution um, similar to the COD distribution, and um, we're not finding that there's anything comparable at the moment, um, and we're, we're slowly seeing that, uh, that that's not necessarily a problem, but we're seeing that it becomes a barrier sometimes for camps to kind of accelerate into that. We also see that you know sometimes the website can be a full-time job depending on how in-depth it is. So, uh, trying to make that, we're trying to figure out how we can make that easier for other camps because sometimes they don't have a dedicated web person to put on, um, and they have somebody who can help out a little bit. They have somebody who can do content on the site, and that's what we see with other camps uh, is that they just don't have the technical uh, power to to be able to manage that on a constant basis. So that's why they revert to using kind of the same website over and over. Mm-hmm. It's just it becomes uh, something that they just don't have the means for. Yeah. So, do
0: you have anything in the works in terms of uh, a system or a distribution or a profile that is geared towards making or lowering that barrier to entry for other camps or other groups?
1: So, unofficially, right now there is uh, there's some planning going on about trying to create some sort of distribution. Um, we've also heard from the camps that they don't want to, they don't really want to host their own. They want to be able to have maybe a service. Uh, and so there's some thoughts being put into that. What would that look like? Um, and, and once again, that goes back to saying, like, they just don't have the people to manage it. And sometimes it becomes, uh, as as bad as it is to say sometimes it becomes a little bit of a burden. And kind of the, even though it is one of the most important things, to, like, get the word out there and have people come out to it.
0: Yeah, a burden is a, uh, it is, I mean, it can be. It's basically it's all volunteer run. And so it's, to get it up to maintain it to keep it going can be a full-time job and if you're not being paid for that that's a lot of extra time that uh i think burden is an okay word to use there to to keep that going we want to try and make it easier for people to volunteer to help to support the camps and put these things Mm -hmm. together so people who take on that extra responsibility it's a it's a really important thing to recognize and anything we can do i think to help make that easier for people to do is a, a really great effort i was unaware that there was talks about doing a service for camp websites i think that actually sounds like a great idea that's that would really make it simpler for people to get things up and running get it off the ground and take a lot of that responsibility that extra burden of maintaining that community piece off of a lot the left shoulders of a lot of people so i'm i'm interested to see how that goes and and how to follow up with that Uh, where are those talks happening if people are interested in participating in that
1: uh, right now, they're kind of just water cooler talks. So it's basically just people gathering around uh, at things like DrupalCon, um, different uh, meetups. So uh, right now, it's just been happening. Uh, kind of me and a few others just having these conversations. I know that there is a, uh, a DrupalCamp organizers meeting that happens once a month. Um, and then there's definitely some things happening here at DrupalCon. Uh, Where more camp organizers are getting together, trying to figure out how do they, how can we make it easier for other camps to get started, or uh, resources for them to kind of run existing camps. So, uh, as far as the service goes, uh, we're kind of just having those water cooler talks at the moment, but uh, definitely interested in kind of taking this further and uh, working with people to see how could we, uh, how could we excel this further, Um, Mm -hmm. and and kind of stepping back for a second. Uh, burden was, I mean, it was not an easy word for me to choose. But, yeah, it, you did mention that um, you know being a completely volunteered, most of these camps are volunteered. They are people who are contributing their time and their effort. Um, some of them are doing it at the graciousness of their own company. But most of them are, uh, they're working after hours. They're working, um, they're not even necessarily getting paid by their own company to do this. And they're doing it because they want to see the, the community excel. mm mm-hmm. So I uh, would love to see if, you know, if the website was not such a big, uh, a big piece of organizing camp and, and that's one thing that could be taken off the shoulders, um, love seeing a, some sort of service or um, just making it easier in general for them.
0: For sure. So, um, could someone reach out to you to participate in those conversations to help get them started if uh, or is the best way to go through that Slack channel for the camp organizers?
1: Uh. Best way I would say is yeah I mean I'm always available on Twitter so my um, handle is sean e dietrich um, uh, other ways to get a hold of us is to you can do at bad camp um, which is also through Twitter uh, in uh, camp organizers Slack is is locked down to camp organizers but if you are a camp organizer and you are not in that definitely we recommend joining because there are many other camps there's uh, there's mid camp there's Florida camp there's uh, Chattanooga, there's there's many different camps in there who have gone through similar situations. I'm I'm almost guaranteeing that there's no situation that somebody has not gone through to help uh, to help you know other people who are looking to put on camps through through that process. Excellent. So
0: I'd, I'd actually like to ask you a little bit about this project that I know you've been working on as a co-maintainer, Doxel. Which is it's a Docker-based local environment setup uh, or product that Canopy is uh, supporting for you. So tell me a little bit about that project and and how that's working.
1: Yeah, so Doxel is a uh, local-based development environment tool uh, built off of Docker. Uh, its its main goal is to help you know reduce the barrier of entry of a, of a local development environment, but only that make it easier so that you could uh, you don't have to worry about configuration which seems to be sometimes a huge issue uh, on projects. Um, but as far as uh, my role in it, uh, individually, uh, I am one of the co-maintainers of it, along with a, uh, a few other individuals uh, who help out with that. Uh, but Canopy themselves, is uh, they help support my time in that because uh, one of the great things is they, we are now 100% using it. So it becomes uh, one of those things we can use across all of our projects, uh, it allows for us to figure out where the holes are, it allows us to figure out where, uh, what new features we think would be great into it. So if we think some new library would be great, if we think some sort of performance monitoring tool, this allows it for us to uh, take a little extra time, uh, be able to put those features in for review. Is this something that is
0: open to the public to also download and start using, or is this just an internal tool? No,
1: this is definitely an, an open source tool. Uh, it's available on doxel.io. Uh, you can go on there and get tutorials about how to set it up on both uh, Linux, Mac, and Windows. And uh, so it is cross-platform. Um, it We are open to actually anybody contributing back. So if you see issues from as big as a new feature or a bug or issues as, uh, as great as even a typo in, in our documentation, you know, we're all human we all make mistakes and sometimes as developers, we are rushed. So we definitely appreciate, uh, we appreciate every punctuation fix, we appreciate every bug fix, we appreciate every new feature. Um, and we've even, um, as of our last release, which happened about a week ago, we are starting to recognize that. And we're now in our release notes, uh, commenting out to those people saying, hey, uh, you know, thank you for this fix. Um, and and the people who are involved in that, mm-hmm. because we as a as a community, uh, as not just a Drupal community, but as a um, as a overall community, we don't excel with open source without other people. But people don't uh, people love to get recognition. Mm-hmm. People like to be able to say like, hey, it's a good feeling to know like, hey, you're some you did something that was great on this project, and mm-hmm. we want to recognize that without you that wouldn't have happened yeah that's really great
0: how would this I know there's a few docker based systems that are now in the ecosystem there's Doxel we've got DDEV from the DRUD team uh, Lando how does how do you feel like that ecosystem is playing out and why did you want to put an uh, I guess I don't know the order in which they all came out it seems like to me they all sort of came up around the same time why is that something that you wanted to do So, I
1: particularly got into uh, Doxels back in the, when I was mainly doing development with Drupal 7, um, and many of the clients were multi-sites. And what I found is that none of the tools that I had come across were really great at doing that, Um, managing those, uh, managing multiple databases. So, uh, I particularly started going with Doxel for that factor. Um, The next thing that brought me on there was uh, speed, so local development, um, and being able to... Make a change and have it refresh quickly, and not be kind of bogged down by speed. Um, and so that was another factor. And all the other tools that you mentioned, you know, they're they're all great. They all do wonderful things. Um, and and all of the maintainers of them definitely put long, tiring hours into those tools to make them wonderful. Mm-hmm. So um, so that's something I do want to acknowledge is that you know, the tools are great at what they do. Um, they're just they serve different needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing I am that got me really into Doxel is just the um, the ability of it being unopinionated about uh, someone's local environment. So, um, in particular, you know there was a huge uh, performance issue with Docker and Mac right. and, and the syncing, and so as a result of that, we ended up uh, Doxel as a platform ended up implementing to be able to use uh, through VM. So, using Docker through a VM and and that whole mechanism, which. Worked out. It worked out wonderfully. In fact, you know, i I know that Docker has done better at, at whole syncing, the whole file syncing. Um, but for somebody who's constantly switching files, who needs to bring them down, or there's just constantly files changing, like those few seconds that you spend waiting for those files to sync, uh, is are crucial, especially when you need to do quick bug fixes. And so, that was really the big factor for me is just being able to say, hey, like, I need speed a factor for me. I need this to be able to go quicker. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that was main reason why I had always stuck with Doxel. Um, and then I just started to contribute back more and more. It was things from documentation, to new features, to bug fixes, to more documentation. Um, and then at one point, they uh, the rest of the team had suggested, hey, come on as a co-maintainer. I like that
0: passion project that can turn into, you know, you use it because you enjoy it, because you get value out of it, and then you get to be become part of it. It's really just a microcosm of the way this community works yeah you have a lot of passion for this you put a lot of time into it and you have the support of your company behind you too which is wonderful but if you were to if they came up to you and said take a month off fully paid to go work on whatever you want to work on what would you choose oh i
1: am uh i'm one of those people who who love to develop i love to develop new things i love to look at new things um and I'd sometimes say people say that's a gift and a curse uh-huh. <laughs> because it's like, oh, you learn new things. Uh, but I think if I was going to do that, it would be uh, trying to work in the Drupal issue queue, trying to help uh, expand the project, help it move further. Um, or in the Doxel issue queue, one of those two, to basically push forward the project.
0: Spend some time and dive deep in and really, really get your hands into that while you have the time to put client work aside, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm going to make this, uh, let's flip it a little bit, to make it a little bit lighter. I've got some fun questions to learn a little bit more about you, Sean. Uh, if you could pick one household chore that was just always done, you never had to do it ever again in your life, which household chore are you going to eliminate?
1: Oh boy, uh, it would definitely be the yard work. As a, uh, you know, as a homeowner, that is the thing I load the most i dislike the most is uh you know having uh, having to always cut the grass always have to make sure everything's uh, looking fine and if that could just be done without like me having to do it that would be amazing
0: Yep, that's the the benefits of having a yard and the curse of having a yard. <laughs> uh if you could take any two animals and merge them into one super pet, which two animals do you turn into your pet?
1: Oh boy. I'm a fan of dogs and occasionally I'm a fan of birds. So kind of mimicking off the back of the movie Coco that his spirit animal was the dog with the, the wings so I might have to go with that. Flying dog. A flying dog.
0: Okay. I like that. We'll go' we'll, we can go with that <laughs> if you could have any superpower or mutant power which which
1: would you choose I would have the ability to slow down time slow down time because I realize that as I'm as I'm getting older everybody else is getting older and being able to not only that but realizing how much work everybody not just in my life but Everybody I come in contact to has so much things going on, um, and it would be slowing down just like overall time in general, not the person themselves, but ah. uh, but being able to give them more time to enjoy themselves and enjoy the things without having to feel so rushed. I like that. That's a really unique
0: answer, and that's I think we could all stand to have a few extra minutes to yeah just put everything aside and and take time for ourselves slow down time that's good that's a good one let's see i'm gonna do do a little rapid fire so five questions they're yes or no this or that types of questions uh so the first question marvel or dc marvel thundercats or voltron oh thundercats Mm. would you rather attend school at hogwarts or have a wardrobe that opens to narnia Ooh, that's a... uh, I'll go with Hogwarts. Peanut butter, crunchy, or creamy? Creamy. And if 100 hippos and 100 rhinos fought on a mixed terrain of land and water, who would win?
1: I'm going to go with the hippos. Why hippos? I feel like hippos are more aggressive. Uh, I mean, rhinos got the horn going for them, but I feel like hippos are more aggressive... And in a fight, I feel like they would win. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> I like those questions. All right.
0: And, uh, Sean, I'd like to wrap it up by offering a little thanks or gratitude to someone who maybe gave you a hand along the way. I think everyone in the community has experienced a gesture like that at some point. Is there anybody that comes to mind that
1: you'd like to say thank you to? Uh, I definitely want to... There's been many people along my my journey who have given me kind of a, a thanks, our or hand in general, or just help overall um, I mean one of the biggest things is, is a mentor of mine and who happens to be the CEO and Stefanik of Canopy Studios um, definitely uh, I don't think I would have as much passion uh, for the community if it wasn't for her she gives uh, she entices uh, a lot of passion in our company individually and as a group to be able to give back and, and that's that yeah I, I'm a huge fan of her so I can think of many others, and we don't have time for those, but that's probably the like top one of mine. And
0: Sean, thank you so much for taking a few minutes and talking today. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thank you very much.
0: Hey, it's Avi from MidCamp. What's happening with the next camp, Avi? Hey, uh, we're super psyched about O-MidCamp. It's coming March 18th through 21st, 2020. The big deal is it's going to back right up against St. Patrick's Day in Chicago. It's going to be at DePaul University Lincoln Park Campus in Chicago. Wednesday is summits and trainings. Thursday and Friday are sessions. And Saturday is going to be our contribution day. Coming in fall 2019, we have $50 early bird tickets and our call for proposals is going to open up. All right, check out MidCamp.org for more, and we'll see you on St. Patrick's Day in Chicago for MidCamp 2020.